ever we're gonna start this unorthodoxly did you ever want to be like one of those radio guys who just does the like the the hype hype guy for the radio sure like on occasion like welcome to kpxx the tits the titties yeah i think uh, there's been I times be a in my cool life. job just be that guy just yeah. do the bumpers or you're talking about like a dj yeah i think just the bumpers that'd be fun being just, a dj doesn't seem that fun no you just sit there play records and yeah die of boredom after probably yeah. three weeks and then you're like excited yeah you're excited about a band and then you're like play it and then your boss is like don't ever don't ever play that shit again right i also feel like every time it's been in like media i always think about like harris Shearer in wayne's world too it's always like it always seems like everyone thinks they just have the saddest fucking life you know yeah, yeah. and they, they also think they have like the it's it's always inevitably someone who thinks they have the best taste in music of course like have you seen pitch perfect yeah. She's like uh, interning or something at the, uh, I, don't, I don't remember it all that well, but yeah. I remember she's like interning at the radio station or something. Right. And she's like, I made a mixtape. And then the, the pivotal scene in that movie where she's singing titanium in the shower. Right. And Britney Snow's like, oh my God, is that titanium? Ugh. As if it's some like fucking hidden gem. Right. And not like the biggest song in the world at that time. Right. Exactly. But all that to say, uh, that was all to set up me saying, like, uh, welcome to Twisted Talking Metal, Twisted. Talking Twisted. Like a radio DJ, Talking Metal. Talking Metal. That was a long tangent for that, but. Worth it. Totes worth it. Totes worth it. So this is episode three. Indeed. Uh feels like another filler episode it's like just do eight episodes then why do 10 i don't even know uh what the license plate yeah, thing was, is for this it's like mm, mm, the law one and there's a one at the end that's what not the law one not the law one no not the law one like i don't know i don't get it i don't get it either but it was Directed by Jude Wang. Okay. Good old Jude Wang. E-N-G. Real auteur. Taiwanese-born American director. Uh, But just in case uh, our Chinese overlords or our uh, dear leader, Xi, Mm. is listening, we do not believe in Taiwanese independence. Mm. (laughs) It, it, It is part of China. Uh, we would never say that it's its own country. Oh, this is quite a stand you're taking right now. I'm not <laughs> sure I can co-sign any of this. Uh, do you remember when? Uh, oh my God, John John Cena mm-hmm. said something about Taiwan oh, and yeah. being its own country, and he like apologized. Yeah, he, like, yeah. in Mandarin. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, we my live God. in the we live in the stupidest, yeah. stupidest timeline. Yeah, like holy shit. Fucking ridiculous. Um, but she has uh, directed a bunch of TV. She has directed episodes of Blackish, which I have never seen. I haven't either, but I heard it's really good. Yeah, I like uh, what's his name? Oh my god, the Blackish guy, Anthony. 
Anthony Anderson. Oh yeah, he's funny. He's really yeah. Funny. You know he's really funny in uh, Me Myself and Irene. Mm-hmm. One of one of Jim Carrey's kids. <laughs> uh, she's directed episodes of The Good Place, which I think was a pretty good show. It was a great show. Uh, I Zombie, which I kind of like. That's a guilty pleasure show of mine. Haven't seen it. Uh, Crashing on HBO. Okay. The Pete, the Pete Holmes show. Uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which was after one season. Goddamn, did that show get annoying as fuck? Mm. Uh, Fresh off the boat. Okay. Which I've never seen. Crazy Ex Girlfriend, which I have seen, and and enjoy. Uh, Young Sheldon. Oof. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. 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 Sheldon. Uh, so that's what she, that's what she's done. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, those roads led her to this. Yeah, which I can only assume is a dark time in her career. I wonder if she thought this was a get when she signed on. Maybe. Yeah. Oof. But it's like I don't know because she's done like other streaming shows. She's done Netflix shows. She did Only Murders in the Building. Only like Murders yeah. in the Building on Hulu. I've never seen it, but I've heard good things. Uh, so it's, and she did an HBO show, so it's not like, she's like, I need to add Peacock to my resume. So, I, I don't know. But I'll tell you what, the problem with this show, I don't even think is necessarily the directing. Oh, no, of course not. Uh, I mean, it's fine. With a budget of $15 an episode. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> $15 Canadian, maybe. Yeah, f- yeah, 15 pesos an episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's Jude Wang. Well, uh, at the beginning of this episode, we get a flashback. And yeah. this is an old TV trope, right? The flashback cold open. And, of course, the first thing we hear is the opening bars to Lens yeah. Steal My Fucking Sunshine. That old classic, uh, that old gem. You know, I will say, just an interdiction, because I kind of shit on this song when the trailer came out, uh, when we were talking about it. I did read that they were one-hit wonder, and I guess they knew they were going to be a one-hit wonder. They had no illusions about anything. So basically, when it came time to do a music video, they pitched a trip to, I think it was Daytona Beach or something, the band, and said, yeah, we're just going to go around and uh, party and hang out with people knowing that they were just going to do that and this was just going to be something they did and who cares what the music video turned out they just wanted to have fun on someone else's dime for a weekend the adam sandler the adam sandler strategy yeah. and i kind of gained a touch of respect for len there i detest this song but i if i'm in charge of heaven and hell i mean they're still going to hell but yeah, there's no change, but uh, I'd say they're going to. Pur- I'd put them in purgatory after hearing that story. Yeah, I, I don't like think, that. Yeah, it's a good story. Anything to anything to bilk these record labels right. out of more, especially back then. Yeah, uh, exactly. Just the evilest people on the planet were hundred percent record labels. Hundred percent. Yeah, I love that now that like uh, music record labels are like dead. Yeah, uh, it's just all coming out how like just gruesome these people were. Gruesome, yeah, perfect word. <laughs> just the devils uh yeah so of course the show loves its needle drops and it just right out of the gate and it hits us with a flashback and they're at uh some sort of outdoor galleria 
Mm-hmm. mall type thing but it's not a traditional mall you know what it looks like it looks like the camarillo outlets yeah something like that yeah, yeah something yeah. low end yeah uh but uh shout shout out to the set design department because they really could have botched this and they went out of their way and these are the stores that i caught mm-hmm. there's a radio shack indeed a walden books very nice touch right there a claire's mm-hmm and this one through this one like o- opened up like a memory hole for me like i was like is that a real thing is that a real thing i don't even know it, is that real anchor blue okay anchor blue yeah which was a thing <laughs> i didn't know that i didn't know anchor blue <laughs> yeah anchor blue was like uh oh my god like old navy mixed with like zoomies okay back sun kind of kind of shit sure like cheap clothes i think if i remember correctly listen to that brandy. uh and there's two girls in there about to light up spark up a yeah. smoke they a sure cigarette, are a cigarette a sure tobacco are. cigarette yeah and of course the we've we've realized this is agent stone's flashback and he comes up and uh let's just say he aged like shit yeah, for 20 he, years he looks if like thomas hayden church is supposed to be this guy, oh my God, he did not age well. It's always interesting when they when they reverse cast like a younger version of an actor, and you're like, but I remember him from Wings, and he never looked that young. Like I've yeah. never, he was born looking pretty close to what he does now, and you're like, yeah, he never had that much useful of a fucking appearance. Yeah, kind of like Mickey Rourke. Yeah, exactly. Never looked young. Yeah, never looked young. Definitely uh, looked hot in the 80s. Sure. Very bad looking after the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Very. Uh, Just rough. The word for the show, gruesome. Gruesome, yeah. yeah. Gruesome yeah. number two, yeah. Oh, God. I love that that Oscars when he was nominated for The Wrestler. Yeah. And they had to like tell, they'd come back from a commercial break and he was like sitting on the stairs up to the stage and they yeah. had like, dude, 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 go back, get up the fucking scene. What are you doing? What are you get doing, Mickey? Yeah. Fuck? fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah uh that's good but yeah so he uh agent stone uh, officer stone of the topeka pd sure approaches these two girls and tries to be cool cop yeah ladies he's like oh hey ladies i get it you're young beautiful ladies like a fucking weirdo completely uh, you want to act like you're older you want to be grown up and these two girls accurately clock him as a fucking total creep absolutely and uh proceed to just roast him to death yeah they don't get too far but they do get some good ones (laughs) yeah just absolutely roasting him calling him a mall cop yeah (laughs) just absolutely giving him the business uh and as he's trying trying to be stern uh the world ends Whatever it is, whatever this big apocalypse that happened, happens. It's taking so, planes out of the sky, helicopters, yeah, shits are exploding a randomly. falls off a building and, like, cuts this dude's leg off. Yeah, somehow. All the electronics get fucked up. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, this is all still going on. Steal My Sunshine is still playing. Oh, yeah, of course. During all of this. And then they do the classic freeze frame main title, Twisted Metal. Boom. Boom. How's that and then, for a cold open? <laughs> yeah. And then we're back. We yeah. are back. We're, we're back. back in the world of twisted metal mm. at the Hoover Dam. 
And remember at the end of last episode when Quiet and John Doe were getting tased? Guess what? That's They're still, still there. happening. They're still That's there. still happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she has this weird moment where she like sees John Doe on the ground and has like a hallucination that it's her brother. Yeah. So I understand the thought process behind this. I don't. Right? It's like, it's like uh, her grief is manifesting like in a way that we're like, it's making her hallucinate. She's dealing with so much right. grief. Right. Uh, but this is not that kind of show. No. And there hasn't been enough, like there's not enough like character building going on for me to, to a give a shit nope. about any of this, but also it feels so like haphazardly slammed in there that like yeah. you didn't earn it and it's not particularly clever. It's like, uh, it's like uh, some dude like watched like a handful of like A24 movies and was like, huh, I got something artsy to yeah. do here. I will say, and we're going to come back to it, and I know where, I have a theory. That's all I'll say. I have a okay. theory about why that's in there. And I really, really, I'm always looking for someone, a mind at work, someone to be playing a long game. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. I promise that we will come back to it. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so then after that, Shepard. Yeah. Jared Bankins, who plays Agent Shepard. The kind of greasy-haired, uh, long-haired. Yeah. Second uh, command yeah, He, from the last episode, the one who uh, branded her. That's right. Comes up to her, uh, recognizes her, comes up to her, and like a creep, gives her a, a big, long sniff. Of course. Because that is screenwriting 101. If you want to make someone creepy, have him sniff somebody. Yep, 100%. It'll work every time. Yep, classic classic move of, uh, yeah, the weirdo sniffing someone. Yeah. No, nothing <laughs> nothing will make you hate someone like watching them sniff another person. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just so off-putting. Right. Uh, and then they get taken in to Hoover Dam, which is a giant police station. But it turns out, uh, here we go, commentary uh, on society. Uh, go on. It's actually a DMV. Uh, oh, oh, God. Oh, God. Totally not a hack bit to, no. like, to, like, equate the DMV with, like, hell. No, yeah. Not hacky at all. Yeah. Never been done, this, either. This is, like, the, this is, like... <laughs> This is like some. This is a Seinfeld fan wrote this. Basically, <laughs> this is, yeah. This is a Seinfeld bit, but it would have been funny in the nineties. Yeah, they would have found a way to make. Now it funny. it's like, who gives a shit? Yeah, awful. Yeah, uh, and of course, the, she's asking people, uh, "You are going to apply for an open road license, or you walk the red line?" Which later we'll find out it means you like walk off the dam. Yeah, basically, fugitive yeah. style. Yeah, like who gives a fuck? No, no the one. fugitive. Speaking of the fugitive, way better than this. Yes, every I, didn't I kill, would. I didn't kill my wife. Not only that, I'd say every incarnation of the fugitive better than this original TV show, movie, even the CBS TV show uh, a couple decades ago, better than this by far. Yeah, I do yeah. love that movie. Tommy Lee movie. Jones. Fucking what happened amazing. to Tommy Lee Jones? Eh. You know, Has he done old. anything since uh, hey, No Country for Old Men? He's counted a lot of men in black dollars. That's true. Yeah. That is true. Um, yeah. So 
then we cut to Stu and Mike. Yeah, everyone's favorites. Everyone, These guys. The, the, the gruesome twosome. <laughs> <laughs> Stu and Mike. And they're tearing apart Evelyn. Yeah, the sons of bitches. Oh, God. Going through. And then we get a very funny uh, white people don't know what's going on joke. Because Stu finds a tub of cocoa butter mm-hmm. and thinks it's like 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 a nut butter. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like an almond butter. So he says back to Mike, Have you ever had have you ever had cocoa butter? Mm-hmm. As he's putting up some of it in his mouth. And Mike's like, Had cocoa butter? Had, yes, he Very funny. Very, very funny. funny. Very funny. Is it? Yeah. Is so it hilarious? Look at sure. that's some that's some good writing. It's some right wonderful, there. wonderful writing. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, Shepard comes back up. Yes. Yes. Uh, not before, not not until after. Uh, Stu voices his concerns about Agent Stone, mm. and Mike tells him this story about Agent Stone that he heard. So he's like, he's legit. He's a hero. He killed a bunch of fucking terrorist he bunch sure of did goddamn dirty terrorists when the shit went down he fucking killed these fucking terrorists. yeah he was doing he was doing seal team six yeah. he's a tier one operator hell stone. yeah hell that's yeah why he, that's why he's agent stone not officer stone truth yeah uh and then shepherd uh comes up and we kind of see that shepherd and mike our buddies they're like hanging they're chilling together yeah he goes up he's like i like the way you taste that twat because mm. twat's a very funny word right mm, he's like, and he's like ah they're loving it they're they're having a fucking good time and this but then is you realize that shepherd does not like Stu. doesn't like him at all and i will say uh much like last episode this is the part that i my mind stopped making memories for just a little bit here yeah and it's uh it seems like he doesn't like Stu because Stu's fat. I can see uh, uh, no other reason because nothing, everything else seemed pretty straight up. Uh, yeah. It has to be his weight, yeah. Yeah, which, uh, I mean, it's, come on, it's 2023. Not cool, Shepard, not yeah, cool. Yeah, still, still being fat-phobic. Yeah. It's a, it's a dystopian hellscape out there, and you're going to judge someone on their weight? Yeah. Good God. Good God, man. Good God. Get it together. Uh, and then he approaches He approaches the car, and Stu's like, oh, I got this trash. And Shepard grabs it from him and has like an oh, fuck moment. Yeah. Big old fuck moment. Looking at this piece of paper. Because it's a map. Yeah. It is. It is a map. The map. It's the map. The map that he got from the map maker uh, from the restaurant. Yeah. The it's a map drawn with crayons. Mm-hmm. It's a children's map. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's oh, God damn this fucking show. This fucking show. Uh. So then they're being interrogated. Well, this this it doesn't this just sets off everyone because like can't yeah. be having a map. Can't can't be having maps. Can't be having a map. Can't be having maps, and we find out why you can't be having maps, right? Do we? We do, because Agent Stone comes in to try to get to the bottom of this map business and find the person who made the map, because this map 
avoids all the law checkpoints. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So I did miss that one too. That was one. Of my so he wants, he wants, he wants the map maker like and a bootleggers map. Yeah, and of course John Doe's like, I'll not found it on the side of the road. Mm. Very bad lie. Yeah, a very super bad lie. Uh, and then uh, Quiet spits in Agent Stone's face because Great. she has no survival instincts. None. And then we go back into flashback. Oh, yes, we do. And Agent Stone is uh, at home. The world is ending. His neighbor comes up and is like, oh, my God, what's, you know, what do we, what do, we do? Oh, oh. And he's like, I don't know what to do. And then he turns around and she pulls a gun on him. Because if we know one thing about Agent Stone, he is a massive fucking loser. Yeah. Just a big old dingus. Just fucking a goof him up. Just the the Barney Fife. Right, just a bit Is of a clown. That, yeah, Barney yeah, Fife. Yeah. yeah, just an absolute fucking dope. Yeah. And everyone knows it. They can smell it on him. Yeah, and they don't like him. This neighbor doesn't like they him. They don't. Because not only is he a dope, he's like a dope who is like, takes himself very seriously and yeah. like think, thinks he like holds some sort of authority. Right. Um, and they, what do they do? They hit her and her husband rob him of his guns. Yeah, and then the husband clocks him in the face with the butt uh, of a gun, uh, and now we know how he got that scar. Which, honestly, let's be honest. Call we, back. Well, also, I think we expected this to be in the season finale, because that's been a question everyone's been asking. How did he get a scar? <clears throat> it's the biggest mystery I mean, the of fact- the show. Because it's like, is there a story? Is yeah. it a weird uh, makeup choice? Right. Yeah. Like, and like, so what is it? It leads me to believe they've got a lot more surprises in store if they're willing to reveal this in episode three, how he got a scar. Yeah. So there's Oof. that. There is that. Uh, and then, yeah. And then we come into, I think, a section is a war crime. The section coming up is, of this show is a fucking war crime. It's it's. it's I, I also have a bone to pick. With I've got this section a thousand uh, bone to picks with this section because there's a there's a trope here that I'm sorry. Uh, let me an old uh, TV trope, uh, but trope? The, but I'm ta- I'm talking about a specific one though. Okay, there is a specific trope here that is like has been in TV forever. And just doesn't resonate with me, and I guess perhaps it's because of my age. But they, we cut back to the interrogation, and Stu and Mike come in, and we learn that their torture is going to be listening to Barbie Girl next by needle Aqua, drop. next needle drop, uh, extremely loud, so loud that it hurts, and then they have to fill out paperwork in triplicate. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the trope that I'm talking about. There's been all kinds of like fill this out in triplicate, fill this yeah. out in triplicate. Never in my entire fucking life no. have I ever had to fill out a single thing in triplicate. No, it's not been a thing in decades. I in more than I feel like more than de- the Xerox was invented in like the seventies, right? And 
the carbon 60s. Paper. It's in Mad Men. What about fucking carbon paper? We had that for a long time. And what, I'm sorry, so they're filling out what? Their, their application for open road license, right? I guess. But like, what? It's not clear. It's not clear. And they're like, and like they're like, they, they give him little golf pencils and he asks, what if I don't mow my dob? And the guy says, you don't know your date of birth? He says, I don't know that either. It's like that joke just doesn't, I'm sorry, but that joke doesn't work. Nope. Because he nope. either is fucking with them by saying dob or he's not. And you can't have both. And okay, so this is, I said I was going to come back to something. And then they use that opportunity about the dob. It says, well, I don't know my date of birth either. I don't even know who my parents are. Okay. I'm not acting like I prognosticated the ending. I know the ending of this series. I know what's to come in season two, supposedly. Right? The tournament. Yeah. Um, I know that. I haven't seen it, but I know that. I've heard that. Quiet shots of the brother. And now this, the second mention of not knowing who he is or his parents is, those are going to be, they're both going to be in the tournament. Those are going to be their heart's desires. And I think we're going to see that a lot through the rest of the series. We're going to set up all... And that's what I'm saying about wanting a mind at work. I almost, almost respect that as set up. Almost. I would respect that as set up if it just comes so early. And the assumption of a season two, like... Well, yeah, I mean, that... It, it, what it does is it makes this feel incomplete. It is. But I think we're going to keep hearing about his parents and his amnesia, and I think we're going to keep seeing Quiet not being able to get over her brother's death so that when season two comes along, which it fucking won't, but I don't know, people are saying this is, people are liking this, so maybe there will be a season two, and they're in the tournament, and that's going to be their People are liking this, and I don't fucking get it. I don't fucking understand. I read I people- I do not understand. I read people saying, it's kind of awesome. It's not kind of awesome. It's kind of awful, except for the part about kind of. It's awful. I think about 50% of Ted Lasso was absolute dog shit. I like but, Ted Lasso. But, but. I, I like the half of it enough to where I understand why people were going nuts over it. I don't understand this shit at all. At all. Like, yeah, it's it just vile. It's vile. This show is grotesque. Uh, we'll stick, or gruesome. I'm sorry, we'll stick yeah, with that. Yeah, it's both. Yeah, it really is. It is. It's a horror show, yeah. uh, but not in a way that I'd like. No. Uh, so yeah, they're filling out paperwork as torture in triplicate, something that nobody in history has ever done. Nope. Um, then they have to do like an eye test, like at a DMV, because mm. DMV is hell. It's torture being at the DMV. Uh, and the lights are really bright, and they pepper spray them in the face, right in the eyes, oh, right in the eyes. Oh. And, and then they like waterboard them to the tune of Barbie Girl for laughs. Yes, I'm, I'm not trying to be a stick in the mud, but like. Is that just like, that feels very like we're making, like that thing after, you know, we as Americans waterboarded people and then there was that debate for certain people that, oh, it's not really torture. Like, I feel like this is taken very, treated very lightly. That is apparently a very inhumane form of torture and they're playing Barbie Girl and it's for laughs. Like, yeah, and it's it's odd too because the world basically ended in 2003 for them, so... Yeah. 9-11, very fresh in Agent Stone's mind. Yeah. You know, from before. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, like, the reason he became a cop. Okay, not bad, not bad. Or he probably talked himself into it. Really, it was that he was, like, probably, like, giving wedgies and shit in high school and was like, I need a gun. Yeah. 
I mean, that was just, uh, yeah, that sequence, I just had a huge, huge, I mean, first of all, wasn't that funny? I, I still hate the tone of the show, so I get comedy. I like comedy. I just, the tone is so fucking off on this show. It's just so bizarre to me. I love comedy. Righteous Gemstones. Sure. This newest season of Righteous Gemstones is amazing. What we do in Shadows is the first two seasons. (laughs) We're fucking masterclass in comedy, in fish out of water comedy. But this is garbage. Whatever. It's fucking awful. This is how we speak in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. New York City. Come on. New York City. (laughs) The entire uh, uh, Jackie Daytona. Uh, when Laszlo uh, goes on the run and uh, gets a new identity, owns a bar, is might be the best comedic standalone episode in human history. It is <laughs> perfect. Every oh, second of God. it is fucking perfect. It it comes back around from the beginning. I don't want to spoil too much, but it's a perfect piece of comedy. And if you don't like it and you like this, you should recheck yourself because I think the, the movie fuck. is pretty perfect too. The movie is absolutely perfect. <laughs> We're werewolves, not swear wolves. There you go. So good. But yeah, so they're getting tortured. Uh, they're being very cavalier about it. And there is a little bit of a commentary on it, too, is because Mike is really enjoying torturing people. Really likes it, doesn't he? And Stu is concerned about how much Mike is enjoying it. A couple of looks He doesn't over, like, say hmm. anything, but through some creative editing, oh, yes. we see some shots of him looking... Very concerned. Very concerned. And of course, uh, what's his name? Mike Mitchell, the guy who yeah. plays Stu. Mm. Uh, total thespian. Oh, one of the best. He's yeah, the absolutely. he's the Dorktown guy, not Dorktown. Uh, uh, Doughboys. Doughboys guy. Right? Dorktown. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He definitely does not play the same character in everything he's ever been in. Certainly not. They should have gotten um, that Richard Jewell guy. He would have brought yeah, some, that, that actor. Fucking... He slays that guy. <laughs> Did you see that Blackbird show on Apple TV? I didn't see that. Is he in that? I'm going to watch it. With Ray Liotta? No. Yeah, he's like the murderer guy. Okay, so the show is fine. Yeah. I don't don't particularly like, what's his name, Taron Edgerton. I don't think he's- Yeah, I don't love him. I don't think he's very good. Um... But it's an interesting show, and he's very good, and the Richard Jewell guy is very good in it. Here's why he is the best. You will see him in things and not realize he's the Richard Jewell guy until later. And you go, that's the Richard Jewell guy? In fact, I lo- the thing I loved him from was uh, the, uh, the uh, Jamie Taco episode of I Think You Should Leave. And only later was it pointed out to me, well, that's the Richard Jewell guy. And I went, are you fucking kidding me? And I loved it even more. And I love the Richard Jewell movie even more because of him. Because he's a fucking genius in everything he does. Hell yeah. I think what we should. That, what is that guy's name? The guy's name is Paul Walter Hauser. Should have all the money. Give him all the acting. Yeah. I think the first thing I can really remember him in was I, Tonya. Yeah. He's, yeah, he, he's uh, what's his name's? Galuli. Oh, Galuli's like lackey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy who actually hits her. His hang around. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking, he's fucking great in that. Too. He, he plays the kind of. Well, no, because Richard Jewell is a different kind of character than that guy, whatever that guy's name is. But he plays a certain, like, kind of fail failure white guy so fucking well, and he's so good. Give him yeah. the give him all the money and all the roles. Do it, Hollywood. Fucking do it. Uh, apparently, he's in an episode of It's Always Sunny. Of course, he is. He's in an episode of Community. 
I would not doubt that. He's a comedic He fine. plays student number three. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he's in an episode of Blunt Talk. Have you ever seen Blunt Talk? I've never Talk? Blunt Talk. I don't know what that okay, is. Okay. So, Blunt, he, he's an, it's like he's an extra in it. Yeah. Um, Blunt Talk was a show, a short-lived show. I think it got two seasons on Stars. Right. Uh, starring, it's a comedy starring Patrick Stewart. Oh, okay. It is so funny. Let me watch Blunt Talk. All right. He, yeah, he plays like a liberal sort of like a Tucker Carlson kind mm. of character. Mm-hmm. And he has a show called Blunt Talk. Blunt Talk. I love and it. And it is fucking great. Awesome. Yeah. I'll check that out. Um, but yeah, so uh, Stu, not not enjoying it. And then we go back to another flashback because we have not got enough flashbacks. No. Uh, and we see Stone sitting, drowning his sorrows, trying to find salvation at the bottom of a whiskey bottle. Mm. Bl- nose bloody. Still got and, blood on the scar. I mean, that's, that's not yeah, going to heal right away. It's not. And then uh, some uh, goon comes in and is like, "Oh, c- c- officer, the they're robbing the r- there's terrorists in the rainforest cafe." Yeah, t- terrorists uh, took over my restaurant. Yeah, uh, mm. and I guess t- this guy's like pe- really a piece of shit. As we find out, well, we'll find out he's a true piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Stone. Not yeah. being one to take injustice lying down. No. Uh, pulls up, pulls a shadow box out. Mm. We find out his dad was a cop. Oh my yeah. God. That's yeah. why he did it. Yep. He was just trying to get approval from his father. From daddy. And in the shadow box, a picture of his father and a Colt 909 or Springfield 1911. Mm-hmm. Um, and up. Enough bullets for a full magazine for that some fucking reason. No fucking shot. And it's not a display gun. It is a real gun. So he no breaks it. Fucking shot. And then and then he has the gu- he has a gun now. He's armed. He is armed and dangerous. Yeah. And then we cut back before we get into any more stuff. We cut back to what's going on to the present in, day. in the present. And they have decided, uh, you know. John Doe has said, I'm not telling you shit, you old bitch. Hmm. And they're in the waiting room to be uh, executed by having to jump off the Hoover. Yeah, they walk the red line and then the door opens and it's just a drop off. Yeah. But before that, they're sitting in the waiting room and it's a DMV waiting room with the number system and everything. And we get a little bonding between Quiet and John Doe. Before you want to get in there. So they're going to fuck. Yeah, they're gonna hundred percent, and they're gonna come close. And then next season, when they're against each other, it's gonna be oh my god, it's so terrible. Before we now, if I if I learn anything from this show, they're going to fuck like next episode. No, it's they gonna are. Be, but then, it's gonna be so fast. Yeah, well, sure, but I'm saying when we get to next season and they're against each other and they're both fighting for their heart's desires, it's gonna be like oh, but they were so close and they're in love. <laughs> but you're my heart's desire. I want to point out a missed obvious layup of a joke in this scene so they're in the waiting room with one other person who i'm guessing is an easter egg character from a twisted metal game just because he was all crazy looking but i didn't look it up i didn't look it up either and he's like b67 by the way the b completely unnecessary but you do the beetle joke b67 
Beetlejuice joke here. You do the Beetlejuice joke. The guy has like a the number written on his arm, 67. And the 67, blah, blah, blah. And then we cut to John Doe looking at his arm and he's 68. That's not what you do. You look and he's like 307. And then you realize he still has to sit there as they call so many numbers before him. And that's actually not an awful, awful joke. But they can't even get that right. They couldn't even go for the even lower hanging fruit and have him be number 69. Exactly. They could have even done... There are six or seven jokes that are layups here that you can at least get a chuckle. And by the way, I'm going to say there is a joke coming up that got a chuckle. I actually laughed out loud, but they couldn't even do these layups here. They miss the easiest and effective jokes to make everyone just a quip machine. But sorry. Yeah. So they bound. This is the Joss weedification. I know. Of of media. That's what this is. So they do a little bonding over her dead brother and him not knowing his family. And he's like, oh, be lucky. You even had the time with your brother. Heart's desire. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Be lucky. Yeah. You should be grateful about that. uh, Because I don't even know my family. I don't even know my parents were. I don't even know what's going on. And then, uh, of course, uh, Stu has to be the one to lead them to the door. Yeah. Down the red line. And of course, they very easily like can like talk him into like helping them escape. Well, before they do though, the joke that made me laugh, uh, it's they're walking and he says, uh, "You sure you want to do this, big man?" And then uh, Stu goes on a rant about, "Oh, big man, I know what this means." And he goes through a lot of fat jokes, and then he says something that made me laugh, which is like, <laughs> "Or you know who you look like, Bruce Valanche." And I was like. <laughs> Oh, that did get me too. The Bruce Valance joke did get me. Someone else, some uh, fucking first year fucking writer's assistant came up with that. It's the only funny thing that's made me laugh in the show. And it made me laugh. I was like, that is a funny ref. Good fucking job. Yeah, there is no fucking way that like the main writers of this show. No, it's too good. That is too good of a joke. And I was... (laughs) And I was like, all right, you got me. You got this me. This might you be like one. a Mike Mitchell, like he might have just improv yeah. that. Yeah, that, it, that, that could be an improv line. I would not. I want to. I actually would like to fucking ask him because the, it, it does not belong in the show. It's too funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Got me good. Got me good this time, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So then. Uh... <laughs> Bruce Little. <laughs> It's so fucking perfect. Can he doesn't make, look that much make like the him. episode art for this episode, uh, Bruce, Bruce Valanche. Valanche. Yes, he doesn't even look that much like him, but it's so, he doesn't at all. <laughs> but, but it's so insulting. It, yes, it's, it's it, Bruce Valanche is not someone you think about a lot. Never. But the second you hear his name, you his know what he looks face like. Face yes. and his fucking chin neck thing yeah. comes into your fucking head and it's like it's an assault on the senses which an assault on the senses and as a joke when he says you know look like and you're not expecting Bruce Lynch but you realize how good of a fucking dig and all his life Stu has been getting digged because he remembers Blue he looks i'm actually laughing so fucking hard at this right now it is such a good joke there's no way the writers of this show wrote that joke yeah we're definitely making the art for this yeah episode bruce yeah (laughs) oh god well he convinced he convinced that he's convinced to not kill them yeah they say you're a good guy you're not like mike and he's like you know what you're right 
Uh, and then we go back to the final flashback of the episode. This is rough. And it's Agent Stone storming the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, it's not called that, but it's what it is. It, it's exactly what it is. And I, I've got to point out a wrong prediction when he's walking through the Rainforest Cafe. I typed out, uh, I'm really expecting a clever girl from Jurassic Park joke here. In fact, we got zero jokes. The Rainforest Cafe part of this has nothing to do with anything. It's just they thought it'd be funny if this was a Rainforest Cafe. There is one joke. There is, is one it? joke in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking so about. he comes up, he comes up on the terrorist, wink, wink, and they're like, oh, my God, we, we actually, we were just coming to get some food for our family, and then the owner, like, went crazy, right? Yeah, so this yeah. is, this is, uh, I feel like this is, like, a very ham-fisted attempt at, like, oh, you know, they just, he just called the cops, weaponizing law enforcement against people. I think there should have, if there was, I think there was probably a discussion at making these quote unquote terrorists either Muslim or black. A and, 100%. And they didn't have the fucking guts. Yeah. 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 Cause the show, uh, desperately wants to be better than it is. Yes. Uh, and then we get the one joke of this scene where he's like, yeah, we're not robbing the place. Like there's plenty of snake sketty for everyone. Snake sketty is funny. Not as yeah. funny as Bruce Valanche, but it's funny. No. Um, and then, of course, Stone is like, well, uh, being hungry is not an excuse for breaking the law, which is a lie. It's a lie. Uh, it is a lie. It is It is an absolutely an excuse for breaking the law. <laughs> if you're hungry, r- steal something from the grocery I, store. I quote Fat Tony from The Simpsons, what if your family doesn't like bread? What if they like, for example, <laughs> cigarettes? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we are gonna bring up The Simpsons every single episode. Yeah, hundred percent. Get get ready for that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm all in favor of that. If you're hungry and you can't afford food, you should steal food. One hundred percent. Food is uh, not it, something that should be scarce. That's the official stance of the Discreet Air podcast: is uh, steal. Yeah, we conquered. Steal. We conquered the scarcity of food on the planet as a race. We did it, and fuck anyone who tries to make money off of it. Absolutely. Uh, and then when he says that, because it's something that's on its face absurd, especially given the circumstances of the world ending, they start clowning on him and calling him a fucking rent-a-cop, and (laughs) he's making fun of him for, uh, he's like, what, he writes tickets for people double parking? Yeah. And, uh, this is where he snaps. This is also a trope, right? The... This is a thing. I'm trying to think of like another movie. Uh, Observe and Report is mm-hmm. a movie that is entirely, the entire movie is making fun of this kind of thing. As is uh, uh, Paul Blart. Yeah, but Paul Blart, he's, that guy, he's actually a good guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Observe and Report is making fun of it because Seth Rogen's character in that movie is a piece of shit. He's a psychopath, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, of course, he snaps, finally, being called a mall cop one too many times. And murders everyone in there. Including a child. Including a child that was hiding underneath a table. Which, and this is where I have to ask a question, and again, I have a theory. Why wasn't he a mall cop? Wouldn't that be, make more sense in the grand scheme? It would be more interesting, for sure. Do you feel like it's interesting that he was an actual cop that everyone called a mall cop and made fun, but he wasn't actually, so he's kind of right? 
You know what I mean? That's not that 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 grinds my gears. <laughs> yeah. But also the fact that he was a real cop, uh, and then snaps and out of a fit of rage accidentally murders this child. Yeah. Uh, doesn't like the and I'm assuming this is going to be an ongoing guilt thing with him. Yeah, I guess. Uh, it, that rings false to me because yeah. he's an actual cop, right? And he like yeah. snapped. Like yeah. I he I don't think he would feel guilty. I think if he was an actual mall cop and accidentally killed this child. And then that was part of his motivation to like enforce law. Yeah, that's a better story to me. And it, it, the the whole thing is about the myth and dispelling the myth. We're dispelling the myth that they were terrorists, but there's this myth about this agent Stone that he was a cop and he took down terrorists. And it's more interesting to find out he wasn't a cop. And it's all myth. It's built on myth. And I, maybe I'm reading too much into Twisted Metal, but I'm interested in that story where this guy has been faking it. And put together this whole operation, having been a fucking mall cop. You know what I mean? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's a much better. Yeah, twist of metal peeps. Hit us up for season two. Yeah, awesome. just send us your scripts and we'll fucking look at them. Yeah, and tell you what's L wrong with them a lot. Just invite us way. to the writers' room. Yeah, and pay us handsomely. 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 Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I just. It doesn't. Also, like him feeling guilty about the kid, it's like I don't care that he feels guilty because he's a piece of shit. Yeah, so if it's supposed to like humanize him that he feels guilty, it's like at every single fucking turn, he's like a turd. So yeah. why would I ever feel any sort of like empathy for this fucking doofus? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's crap. In fact, I was rooting for the girls that were roasting him. Yeah, they were uh, great. I'm glad his neighbors robbed him. I want them to be in the fucking tournament next season. They'd be yeah. awesome. I want and them like, to win. <laughs> yeah, like as much as they're they're better people than this cop. How good um, is that? Like, I know they don't have a plan, and they're not they're not clever. These writers, but how good is that? If they're a two person team, and, and there's just those two mean girls, and they are in the show, I mean, that would be the kind of thing I would I'd love be, that. I would turn around on this show immediately. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be like, all right, you got me. I'm in. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if wishes and butts yeah, were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas or whatever. Sure. But then we're back. We're back to the main storyline, the present day, and the episode ends not with a bang, but with a fizzle. As they make their escape, Mike sees the zip ties on the ground, realizes what happened, and because they don't have the keys, no, they yeah, do they, have the keys. They they're in the, the gift keys. shop. Yeah, they have the keys, but yeah. uh, the car is fucked up from them strip searching it. So because it's a manual transmission, though, we never really see John Doe shift this car at all. Mm -mm. Uh, they're going to push start it. Right. Well, which we, for we, you youngins out there, if uh, if you had a manual transmission car uh, and you were like rolling down a hill, you could pop the clutch and start the car that way. Yeah, the 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 uh, engine would engage and then start charging the battery. Yeah, we skipped uh, though that about quiet. She before she gets to the car while John oh, yes, Doe yes, and yes, Stu yes, are yes. getting keys and guns, she sneaks away. She does. To, she sneaks away to get her vengeance on, on Stone. greasy hair on Stone, but comes across in his in Stone's office. Catches greasy-haired Shepard beating his meat to a, an anime comic. 
Yeah. And then he's like, I got, she's like, where's stone? He's like, I got two stones because he's a creep. And she says they're more like pebbles. But also if they're hard, that's bad. That's real bad. Yeah. He should see a doctor. Yeah. 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 Yeah, not I don't great. know if they have doc. The, I I can't imagine their healthcare plan is very good. Not very good. But he should get his testicles checked. Well, it doesn't really matter because she proceeds to beat him to death in the laziest pistol whipping you will ever see. I don't know if it's the actor, the direction, or again taking the worst take. But she's just kind of like eh, I, I'm doing a thing with Kicker where I'm just I'm like bringing my hand down slowly. She's like, "Oh, I'm killing you." Oh, You're I'm, so pistol, dead. I'm pistol whipping you. Oh, oh it's so bad. Uh, yeah, and they so beat him to death. And they keep, keep cutting to the anime mag. Like yeah. they cut to it two or three extra times, and I was like, "What? What am I supposed to get out of this?" Like, I'm assuming it's the only coverage they had, and they uh, had to I cut away that. from her bad. Pistol that's, whipping. That's what I thought. Now, that that seems like an editorial choice to me. That seems like a, a coverage issue. Yeah, that they were like, this looks like shit, guys. We can't stay on this. Cut to yeah. something. It's yeah. so fucking bad. And we can't reshoot because we used all $27 of the budget. On lens steal my fucking sunshine. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, she does it. Gets a little bit of sweet revenge. Uh, kills him for sniffing her or whatever. Whatever. And so, Stu is pushing the car. Wait, one more thing. Topeka. We got to talk about Topeka. And while she's in the office, she sees that Stone is in Topeka. Oh, she sees a map. She sees a map of all of their their bases of operation, too. Yeah. And then sees that their headquarters is in Topeka, of course. And that's where she finds out that's where Stone went. Yeah. She's got to get a revenge, dude. Yeah, she's got to get some revenge on on his bitch ass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I'm assuming will come into play in another episode. Sure. But uh, yeah, so they're making their escape. Mike sees the zip ties on the ground, realizes that Stu has fucked it all up. Yep. And while they're pushed out in the car, recurring bit about the goofy trunk of Evelyn, mm. the trunk pops open and hits him in the face and knocks him down. Knocks him out, yeah. They don't even realize he's not in the car. Doesn't make sense. Uh, and then they're like, good job, Stu, and turn around and be like, oh, no, we, we lost Stu. And then uh, he's like, oh, we gotta go get him. And she's like, no, we don't. He's like, yeah, fuck you, Stu, bye. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, and then Mike pulls a gun on Stu, and they arrest Stu. And that's, yeah. and that's the end. That's the end of and episode three of first, Twisted well, Metal. I, I keep doing oh. it, but I'm sorry. I've got, I got to bring something up because it makes no sense. So they're in the car. We go back to Quiet and John Doe, yeah. and he's like, oh, you know, it would be faster if I drop you off somewhere uh, to, uh, to before I get to New Chicago. And she's like, yeah, my brother used to tell me about a wonderful place called Topeka where there are no walls that's where we should go she doesn't tell him about HQ like why is she hiding her motivation that she wants to go there to kill Stone I would assume she thinks that if she told him he wouldn't drive her there okay it's on the way he wouldn't he wouldn't risk risk get doing it getting that close he's gonna get there it's gonna be walls and he's gonna be like oh you lied get out of my car whatever now another beautiful episode comes to a close yeah totally well shit thanks for listening to talking metal twisted style talking twisted metal we'll be back 
twisting twisted talk about the metal <sighs> episode four we still have we still how many have, episode we have to, seven more to go <laughs> and how many till manzuka shows up uh i think like episode. five more six more oh, dear fucking god okay i have to have something to look forward to i guess that's it yeah yeah all right and uh there's no nudity in this show should be which is weird. Like this, this seems like exactly the kind of show where they're like, "Fuck, dude, we this show, this is ass. We yeah, gotta like yeah. get put naked people in it or something." Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but they don't. Uh, there is swearing. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, like uh, overcompensating. Um, but you know, that's how that was the Game of Thrones method, right? Is they're like, yeah. shit, people like I know this is really intriguing. We have like long segues of yeah. like weird political intrigue happening, and people aren't gonna fucking chill. So Joe we gotta Diddy's. throw as many nude people in as possible. Joe damn. And then Diddy's. they flipped it on its head, right? Because after like yeah. three seasons of like nude ladies, then they're like, "What if we just show dongs?" Let's just episode? put as many dongs as and we I, fucking. And he's like, in "Okay, it. yeah, well played." Yes, well played, Game of Thrones, folks. Oh God, uh, much better show than this. Even I would say the last season of Game of Thrones is better. Much than better this. than this. This is garbage, uh, and that's garbage. Yes, that, that is, is garbage, and that this is, is hot, even. hot trash soup. This is the garbage that garbage fucking throws away. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening. Make yeah. sure you smash that subscribe button. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram at discreetairpod, or you can follow me at Funeral Casual Games. I'm at Ian Golden Games. And we will see you next week for Twisted Talk of Metal. Talking uh, Twisted talk, talk. Talking Metal Twisted Style. Twisted Talking. Oh, boy. See you then. Mm.